1: How's everyone doing? Um, yeah, that the night of the superhero party, we would really love to encourage you, um, even if you're just a visitor with us, and would love to be part of what we're doing on that night. As Grant said, it's a night where darkness is just rife, and the Bible's really clear, isn't it? It says, "'Let your light shine in the darkness.'" And this is how we do it as a community, as a church community, as a community of faith for our local community is that we let our light shine on that night where we just are generous, we welcome people in, we invite them in, we are hospitable, we put on the best party that we can put on for them. We let them experience the love of Jesus, and so apparently Grant really loves doing the Bouncy Castles task, so if we can make sure he's on it that night, it would be great. If anyone wants to come and join Grant on the Bouncy Castles that night, it would be great, and all the other things that we're doing just to be part of it. I hope you've been enjoying this series so far. Um, that all has started in the last two or three weeks. I know I've, I've loved it myself, um, and it's been great doing it to set the context of this within our within our churches within Largon within Portadine um, as, as, as a church community, as a church family together, we've really been trying to press into the, the love of God together and just really trying to grow down deep and as a family, as a family of faith together, particularly in the area of discipleship. And one of the things which we have really been constantly pressing into, particularly here in Lurgan, has been our understanding and our definition of what discipleship is because it means different things to different people, doesn't it? And so, one of the definitions we've been given and we've been repeating, and we'll be um, we'd be repeating it more and more and more as we go down the line. It's just this is our understanding of discipleship, and it's simply this. Barbara, am I on at the back there? I don't know if it has going. Chris, would you press the button down at the back there on my laptop? Is that all right? Um, this should be showing us this, which is following Jesus in all of life. Is it going up? No. While you're, while you're getting it sorted for me, one of the things in terms of our areas of discipleship, is what we do, following Jesus in all of life. One of the areas of life which we want to, obviously in all areas of life, we want to recognize Jesus and follow him into it. Um, we're delighted this week, Josh and Holly are, are going to be married. Uh, this this Friday, uh, I get the honor of marrying them, but we would love to pray for them as a church family together tonight. Can we do that? So, Guys, you want to come up? We would love to pray for you both. As they follow Jesus in this area of their life, they're stepping into marriage together, they're going to make covenants and vows with one another, and we'd love an opportunity to pray for them. So if any of their friends, uh, any friends or family, from, or they're here tonight, any of our elders want to come up as well, we'd love to pray for them tonight. Can we do that? Let's come up to the front, please, if we can. And as a church family together, could you stretch out your hands towards them tonight? We'd love to just pray a prayer of blessing over them. fill prayer for them will you
2: yeah Lord we just thank you for Joyce and for Holly thank you for their life together Lord thank you for all the little things over the last part of their life that have brought this moment together and father we thank you that on Friday they will stand not just before their family and friends but before you and make their vows and covenant one to another before a holy God. Lord, we just pray that you'd bless them. We pray to encourage them. And Lord, while Friday will be a special day, we know that it's the beginning of a lifetime together. And so God, as they invest in their day, may they invest in their married life together. Father, I just pray that this journey will be a journey of adventure, and of love, and Lord, that they will just stick together through the second and the thin. and Lord, we just pray your blessing and your encouragement upon them now in Jesus' name, amen. amen. I think we should give them a wee round of applause. Mm-hmm. Bless you, God.
1: Amen. So following Jesus in all of life, this is what we do, we, we apprentice him, we follow him, I think it's the book of Proverbs that says this, that in, in all of your ways acknowledge him, this is what we do, we let all of our ways, in all of our ways we acknowledge his ways, we, we want to follow him in, in, in every bit of it, and, and to do that, this is why we're, we're on this series, it's why on a Sunday night we wanted to practically just look at what are some of the rhythms. What are some of the spiritual formation tools we want to build within our lives that help us to grow in our Christ-likeness, to grow in our maturity of following Jesus? Because this is the great destiny that is upon us all, is that we have been created. And part of how we've been created to be is that we were created in the image of God. We were image bearers. And if this is what discipleship is, discipleship is helping us to, to rediscover the original design that was upon each and every one of our lives. We are image bearers of Christ. We are those who become like him. And this is why our key verse for this series, you know, all I've been looking at this the last two or three weeks, is this one in Second Peter. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It's beautiful, isn't it, that in our very nature we can become like God, we can become like him in nature. Dallas Willard said this quote, I think I'll use it in the very first week. We can, through faith and grace, become like Christ by practicing the types of activities he engaged in, by rearranging our whole lives around the activities he himself practiced in order to remain constantly at home in the fellowship of the Father. These practices, these rhythms that we can build into our lives. The great thing is, is this, that throughout history, the kingdom of heaven has been at work, hasn't it? And we know that as we read the gospels, Jesus, when he was here, he stood on the earth and he simply said these words, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's present, it's amongst us. And even from before then and since then, what has been happening is that there has been a current that has been flowing through the centuries and the pages of history that has been the kingdom of heaven. And the beautiful thing is that into this current or into this river, there have been some people that have Dip their toes in just to try it a little tiny bit, but there have been other people that have jumped fully in, fully engaged with the kingdom of God, fully engaged with all that God has and means for them. And some of the different ways that people have done this, some of the different ways that they've practiced being able to fully submerge themselves in the rhythms of God and being able to experience the life that the Holy Spirit has for them are some of the things that we're looking at in this series. There is a beauty in our heritage. There is a beauty in what has gone before. There's a richness in it that we dare not miss. It is naive and it is ignorant to say that we've got it all our own way and we know what it is, isn't it? This is why it's, it's great to be able to learn from some of the people who have, who have gone before us, who have trailed this blaze. And so this is what we're doing. I'll start on in the very first week talking about this, a rule of life. What are some of the things we want to build into our life so that we can intentionally start stepping out what following Jesus in all of life looks like? So we put up this grid, prayer, rest, relationships, work, what are some of the things that we build in as a rule of life in these areas? We asked you just to prayerfully think about this, to be uh, to bring this before the Holy Spirit and to ask, what are some of the things you will intentionally build into your life in some of these things so that you can intentionally start to think to yourself, how am I following Jesus in all of life? Because that's what we're saying discipleship means. And then over the last two weeks, as Grant said, we looked at centered prayer and communion. And tonight... I'm just simply going to go into this idea of meditative reading. You all will have, we'll get to this later on, but one of these sitting on your your seats, this, these sheets... Um, which have a Bible passage and, uh, and some boxes in the back. I'm going to be taking us through this at the end tonight. I'm just going to just share for about 10 minutes or so here, and then we're going to practice this for 10 minutes at the end before we finish with worship tonight. So make sure you have one of these later on if you need a pen. There should be some sitting on the seats as well, but if you need some, there's others at the back as well. So meditative reading. We're talking about reading the Bible. If there's something that is going to bring you life, it is the Word of God. If there's something that is going to make you come alive and and to recognize and understand all that the Father has, it is the Word of God. It's one of the main ways we hear God speak to us is through the written written Word. We obviously believe, don't we, that He speaks through the the Spirit, speaks in various ways, so He can speak in an audible voice, through our conscience, through prophetic words and, and unctions. But all of these all of these can only truly be tested and discerned when weighed up against the Scriptures, when, read up, when weighed up against the Word of God. And this is what Paul said to Timothy. I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant or the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped in every good work. If I was paraphrasing it myself, it's all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man or the woman of God might be able to follow Jesus in all of life. To know what that means, to be able to follow Jesus in all of life? There is breath of God upon every word in the Bible. Tonight we want to look at the life that there is in every single word, in every single full stop, in every single comma. There is a life that is there for us all to be able to engage with. As as we go through this, the thing is, the question we want to ask tonight though is why we all understand that we all believe, don't we, that the Bible is important? I think that if there's anyone here for us to put up a show of hands tonight who thinks that the Bible isn't really that big a deal, no one would put their hand up, right? And we all know that it is really important for all of us to be reading the Bible. I suppose, if truth be told, there are many of us in the room that would maybe struggle with how we read the Bible, with how we are disciplined in it. Maybe with how to read the Bible, What is maybe sometimes when we read it, it just seems a bit dry. There just doesn't seem to be life that comes through the pages of it. And it's just a lot of the times where we've tried and we've tried, it just is so hard. And for, maybe for many of us, because of that, we just don't really read it that often. It's more of a chore. It's one of those things that you feel you have to do because it's the right Christian thing to do. And it's like ticking a box because you almost feel that this is something that's going to please God. And do you know what? What we're going to see tonight is that these things in themselves are not something that is to earn the favor of God because that's already upon you. These things in themselves are a way to actually explore the heart of God, this, this God who loved you, who created you, made you in his image, who redeemed you and is restoring your life and is making it whole. This is how we get to know him and we will come alive in him. And so it's in these words we want to ask, right, how do we actually get into what God has for us? Before I get into meditative reading, just two or three things I wanted to look at. There are certain things, certain principles that we want to make sure that we do understand. Grant's already mentioned one of them briefly in his prayer tonight. But there are certain things that we want to make sure we understand when we are reading the Bible as Christians. Certain things that we try to explore at certain stages of our life. First thing is this, is that we have to be sure that we are those who be, we would explore the meta narrative the big picture of what's going on in the Bible. Do you know that the Bible is one complete book from start to finish? It is one story. We would call this, we use the word quite a bit, Grant is what he prayed in his prayer. We simply call it this, the God story. This is a story about God. If you've never fully explored it, it's something that is crucial for every believer to become aware of and to submerge themselves in. And so some of the crucial ways we can do this, right, is just really simply, just a few things to say in this. First thing I would say for you to do, if you want to get to know the God's story and an understanding of the God story, firstly, thing to do is this, read full books at a time. One of the dangers you have when you're reading the Bible is that you want to just flick it open. Maybe you're praying for something. Do any of you ever do this? You flick it open and it's almost like, right, you stop. And then you close your eyes and you stick your finger down in the page to see what the Holy Spirit's saying that day. Anyone ever done that? Just me. (laughs) Sometimes it can be really dangerous. Your finger can land on something that is just maybe not what the Holy Spirit is saying for you for that day. One of the things we would say when you're exploring the big picture and getting an understanding of what God has been saying throughout the pages of Scripture is to really start reading full books at a time. So taking it a book at a time, sometimes we would read verses at a time or your daily devotions would take a single verse from different parts of the Bible. It's really good sometimes to take a whole book at a time. One of the tools which we found really useful or I've really found useful for this has been this uh, brought up with me tonight? It's by organisation called Biblica, and it's this the Community Bible Experience. In this, um, if you can take a note about it, the beautiful thing about this is that it has all the all the. There are no verses, there are no chapters in this, so it has full books just at a time. There are 66 books in this, just full books at a time, and you read it as a full book. So you know, sometimes you would just your temptation is you want to read to the end of a chapter. Sometimes do you ever, when you're reading, just flick over to see how long this chapter actually is, to see how long you're going to get through? You just keep reading at this. And the great thing about this as well is that before you go into each of the books, there's a great introduction to each of them as well. It gives you the background context, what's actually happening at that time in history, the context into which it was written. Some of the things we need to grapple with in our understanding of the big picture is even the writing styles. We looked at that last year in one of our series as well. Read full books, things like this are great. Sometimes we want to make sure we use commentaries. Do you know and understand as well that the Bible wasn't written in English? I know we sometimes think that the whole world revolves around us and our understanding of things, but it wasn't written in English. And so we want to make sure we have an understanding of what the original context and the original text was really trying to get at. So make sure you get your hands on some really good concordances. Can I say one of the best concordances not to look up is Google? Right? It doesn't always give you the most accurate of explanations. It can sometimes lead you down a wrong path. So get your hand on something really good that, that can help you to explore some of the, the basics and the understandings. Commentaries are really important. And then finally I would say this I'm almost done with this, and then we're going to get into where we're going tonight. Is simply this. It's just become familiar with the full story. Having an understanding of the full picture is crucial as it allows us to see and recognize our place. In the story and how it still continues with us as the church over and above that though it helps us to be able to understand some of those difficult passages and verses that if taken in isolation we get a total misunderstanding of who god is and what he is trying to say to us but we understand the whole story from start to finish when we understand that we get to understand some of the main things that god is saying have you ever done that sometimes when you're reading a verse like you've read a verse in the old testament and you just really struggle to understand, how can this be God? Have you ever, have you ever, has that ever happened? Sometimes when you're reading and you're just like, God, how, what, this does not seem like you at all. It just like does not seem like the God that we've just worshipped tonight and the God that we love. It just seems totally different. Some of the things that we read, particularly in passages, again, in the Old Testament, are just brutal, some of the things that we read. And so it's really important that as we become familiar with the full story, that we understand the full picture of it. So in a nutshell, right, in a one-minute blast, here's the God story. And here this is why I would really encourage you. We we are passionate about this in this church. This is why I'd really encourage you. If you've never done Ignite, Get along that night. Get involved in it because you will spend from September to Christmas exploring the full God story. We do it on a smaller scale within Grow. We do it in some of the other environments in church life as well. Grant's doing it with some of the young people too. We are passionate about the God story. We want us all to become familiar with it and to come alive in it. So here is the God story. Do you know that at the beginning God created a perfect world? When God had finished creating at the end of six days, and the end of each of the days, he looked at all the things they'd made and he looked at it and said, this is good and on the sixth day, he made us in his own image, image bearers, those who were like him in every way. And what happened, though, was that in Genesis chapter 3, when we come to the fall, sin came into the world. And this red line shows that we are now in a fallen state. This is what happened. Relationship with God was broken. We were we were now uh, sin and death came upon us. We were now those who were not living forever as was designed to be. But God's heart, even before the beginning of the foundations of the world was that he would redeem and would restore his people unto what his heart had always been. And so what we see in the Old Testament is that God begins a rescue plan of redeeming his people. So this line here, which is slowly coming up, is the Old Testament. So what you need to know is that sometimes in those verses and those passages that you look and you read in the Old Testament, because the culture for there is was really barbaric. It was known as the ancient Near Eastern tradition. And some of the culture with that, some of the things that happened was just awful. Like the killings, sexual exploitation. It was just brutal, some of the things that were happening. But what we read, some of the words in the passages that we read God telling people to do, it just seems totally regressive. It's totally backward to us in comparison to where we are right now. In that culture and in that context, you see the line is just slightly going up at an angle. What the father was doing at this point, he was taking that culture and that society by the hand and was gently leading it closer and slowly towards his heart. Couldn't take it all the way at one go, but was gently leaning it a bit at a time. Lots of the words that we read, even in the law of Moses, and some of the things that we look at and still think that it just seems oh it just doesn't seem like God. It was it was the safest environment you could be in the culture at that time. Everyone looked in at this culture and thought, wow, this culture is amazing. The father was taking it by the hand, gently leading it. This is what we call redemption. God is redeeming all things. And what happened then is that Jesus is born. And through Jesus' life, Jesus comes, and I've just shared it earlier, the kingdom is present. It's here. It's amongst us. He takes us a massive step closer towards God. And then we enter into the period of the church which we are in. And at this time, the prophecy of Joel is fulfilled. And the Spirit of God is poured out on all flesh. (laughs) It's upon us all. And here's the thing for us as the church. This is our part in the story, right? This line is going up. This is our part in the story. This is where we get to find where we're at. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us all. For he's anointed us all to proclaim good news to the poor. To restore sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. It's upon us all. We are all the sent ones of God. We carry his power and authority upon us all. And the point of us as the church is that we are still those who would redeem society. We are those who would redeem culture and take it by the hand and lead it closer towards the heart of God. It's a beautiful responsibility, isn't it? This is our story. And then one day, Jesus is going to come back the heavens are going to split. Jesus is going to come back and is going to just redeem everything back to what it was at the beginning of time. No more sickness. No more death. Everything's going to come alive again. This is our story. This is our story. And do you know what? We need to get excited about our story. This is our story. Study it. Get to know it. Be excited about it. I love. This is what we would call the redemptive spirit, the redemptive hermeneutic of reading the Bible. William Webb says this, as Christians, we should be careful not to become gridlocked with the isolated words of the text so that we miss reapplying the redemptive spirit that produced the text in the first place. Let's recognize that there is a redemptive spirit that is at work right throughout the pages of Scripture. And be in awe of God and everything that we read. Study it. Paul said this to Timothy study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Other rhythms. With this, this is me done. We're going to look at meditative reading. Other rhythms that I would just have in. You all have this in your phones if you've got a smartphone, you version of the Bible. Yes, you've all got this. There's some brilliant reading plans in this that you can follow if you want to go through it. Um, UCB Word for the Day, if you've ever been in the Faith Mission Bookshop, I think they give this out for free, so go grab one, or you can order them into your house. Uh, This is the HTB Bible in One Year app. Um, Some people have done this before. It's a really great tool as well, Being able to do all these things. As you read them, make sure that they're all set in the context of your knowledge and understanding of the meta-narrative, the big picture. This is our story. And before we go into what we're looking at this We're about to go into the sheet right now and finish off with this. This next bit's pretty brief. Before we go into this, know your story. right? Hear me in this. This that I'm about to explain right now has changed my life in terms of my devotion with the Lord. But know your story. This is ours by writing. And as a believer, as a child of God, know your story. It's ours. So you see how the Bible comes alive? It's not boring. It's alive and so get to know your story. That being said, here we are, meditative reading. My explanation of this, while I'm saying all of the above and all of what I've just said, it's crucial, study, get to know your story, all that sort of thing. Meditative reading for me has just brought life. My, my simple way of being able to explain the difference by it is this, even reflecting on it during the week. About 10 years ago, My wife, Laura, and I, we started the date. I know it's hard to believe. I look much younger than that, don't I? And uh, we we started the date. And 10 years ago, somewhere past, we, we both went on a mission trip to Uganda with church. And we we were dating about a month at that stage, you know, just new love, all that sort of stuff, and it was, it was so exciting a time. And then we decided we were going on a mission trip to Uganda, and as it had turned out, Laura was going on the, so there was a team that went for a month. Laura went on the first team for two weeks, and I went on this last team for two weeks, so we were going to be a month apart. How drastic was that, right? Like, you're just starting to date, like, you're so in love, and it's, it's that real, like, you know, my stage, all that sort of thing. You know, it's just like, oh, I love you all. But and like, it's so new, it's so fresh. And then we're like, wow, we're apart for a month. What are we gonna do? And so what happened, right? Was that um, the first team were leaving, and my team were arriving, and security and in, and in, in Uganda not being that great, both the teams kind of ended up in the runway at the same time as our plane was landing, and the other team was taking off. And it was like one of those scenes out of a Hollywood movie, right? We were just. <laughs> running towards one another, like arms around. Us. And we got to talk for like two minutes, right? And it was brilliant. And it, and it was really awkward because everyone was watching, right? So it was just like, oh, I like you. And a Laura told me, she said, Dave, um, I've, I've left a note back at the guest house for you. She'd written me a letter. Isn't that nice? I think it was the only letter she's ever written me. But... um it was brilliant she wrote me this letter and, and I went back to the guest house the guest house we were staying in was called Shalom Guest House any of the guys who've been at the team will know the place we're talking about and she left it um, sitting in the reception and, and it was great I remember reading it listening to the words of love that Laura had written in the letter how she was expressing her love in it, it was beautiful the thing was right I could have read the letter in one of two ways And what I could have done was I could have read the letter just the way I've just explained that it's really important in terms of our study and getting into the depths of stuff of the Bible. I could have read it where I could have pulled every word apart, analysed her her handwriting. I could have looked at, so Phil will always say this, you know, when you see the word therefore, you've got to ask what it's there for. I could have been doing that with Laura's letter when she wrote the word therefore, trying to analyse all that she'd written before. But I wasn't doing that with her letter because this was a love letter. Laura and I were in a relationship, and there was something that I dare not miss that she had tried to communicate and express her heart of love. There was something for me to feel and experience in this with every word that she was writing. And so as I read it and I reread it and I reread it, it wasn't because I was trying to like memorize the verses so I could quote it and get it into my head. It's because I just wanted to experience the love in this letter. You see, here's the thing: there was no WhatsApp in those days. And so I, I couldn't just send a thumbs up and a wee emoji and all those things. I said, cheers for the letter and all those things. Like, this was the last. We were going to get speaking to each other for another two weeks. And so as I read it and I reread it, I was getting to experience the love that was in it. And this is what meditative reading opens up for me. It allows me, aside from studying, which again is important, to take time and enjoy time with God where I experience life and love and what I read. The life of God in the Bible, the love of God for me in the Bible, this is what the psalmist said. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Any of you ever feel that way with the Bible when you read it? You're like how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We are in a relationship with Jesus. He longs to speak directly to us each where we're at. He wants us to find life and meaning in his words. And this is the thing that's really important. And this is where I feel we've missed the point sometimes, particularly with evangelical Christianity. God does not want to fill your head so that you can say that you know him and that you've theorized him and you've worked him out. God wants you to be able to say that in your heart you know him because you've tasted him and you've seen that he's good you've experienced his love come alive, that even as you've read the words day and daily, and even as we're going to look at it now, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak, you just know you've just spent time with a guy that loves you, with a God that just loved you so much that he sent his only son to die for you so that you can now be part of the family of God together. That's what it means that in my heart, I can say that I know him, not in my head. As good as it is to be able to try and work out these things, I don't want to just get to know God so that I can win an argument with people about my understanding about the Bible. I want to get to know God because I'm in a relationship with him and I love him and I want to get to know him better. And for me, this is where meditative reading comes through it. And so a principle that we use for this that's been used throughout the ages has been this, and this is what's on your sheet. So if you lift up your sheet for me now, it'd be great. you, Divina. Let me explain this. Lactio divina, it's it's Latin, I think, and uh, lactio this is what it means. So lactio means reading, and divina means divine or godly. It's divine reading, or it is godly reading. This is what some people have said about lactio divina. It says lactio divina is a blessing for the entire church, as it opens up the rich truths of Scripture for every Christian. Throughout, believers are invited to read, understand, and deepen their appreciation of the Scriptures and to seek guidance for their lives in the teaching of the Lord Jesus. Our real goal is to meet Jesus in every word and hear what he's saying. History of him. So here's the thing we need to know. Electio it dates back to the early church fathers. Again, so we're in this current of the kingdom of heaven. Here's what happened around AD 300. This is where it dates back to. There were four steps, which if you turn over to the back of your sheet, um, you'll see at the top we're going to look at that was given by this monk called um. Guiego Cartujo, I think is his name, in 1173. And there's been other heroes of uh, church history that have used this. So this is what this guy, Guiego uh, Cartujo he said, the four steps that were given. first one was this, was Lactio reading. We're going to practice this in a little second. When we talk about reading, I'm not talking about like reading it as fast as you can so you can get to the end of your two or three chapters that day so you can high-five yourself and say you've finished your quiet time and satisfy yourself you've done your bit for the Lord that day. Right? This is like when I was reading Laura's letter. It's like I was reading it slowly, trying to just experience every word that was written. There's a slow reading of this. What we would suggest with this and was given, we're going to do this in a second, is we're reading aloud reading around, reading aloud slowly. And what that's followed up with is this meditarios which is meditation. Meditation is a word that for many people, particularly Evangelical Christianity here in Northern Ireland. We hear the word meditation. We think that's a New Age airy fairy thing. So like we just have nothing to do with that whatsoever. Meditation. My most basic understanding of the word meditation is about how we, we churn on every word. Right. So I heard someone once say this about how a cow when it when it is eating. Um, So as it's chewing its food, the cow's stomach has four chambers, and what happens is that as it swallows its food, it goes into the upper part of the stomach, but what it does is that it regurgitates it and brings it up into its mouth again and it chews on it again, and then it swallows it and goes into one of the other chambers, and then it regurgitates it and it comes up into its mouth and it chews on it again. For us, this is the most basic understanding of meditation, where it's a constant just churning and chewing on this word, where it's just like, I'm just going to keep going at this until I can get out of this the goodness that I need to get. This is what meditation is about. The Bible even says this in Joshua. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Another really important part of Lectio Divina is praying, where it's a prayerful invitation of the Holy Spirit. Remember we read that verse in 2 Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed. If it was God-breathed in the beginning, we want to make sure that there's a breath, fresh breath of God coming upon it, just to reveal and for us to be able to get the life out of it. We pray in this. And then finally, this contemplatio, so contemplation or respond, where there's again a prolonged time in silence, stillness to hear God, and then this moment to reflect and how we must respond to what, what He is speaking. This is why the psalmist simply says this, be still and know that I'm God. And so these components have been used. And what I'm going to just show you is you'll see these four points that are on the back of your sheet. These are the four things, or five things, sorry, that which we would try to do sometimes as staff in church. We would try to do this uh, in different groups. There's a, a slightly modified version of this we're doing in life groups currently. This is something, again, that I'm saying I built into my own life, my own devotional life. Outside of the studying side of things, I still would study when I'm teaching in church. I'm studying things constantly for that, but this is for me. This is when it's just me and God. These are the times that i would do this i would use this principle and it just brings so much life again a change for me and so the five things which we build into this is firstly to read so i'm going to invite some of the guys in a second to come and they're going to read for us we're going to read through this together and what we're going to do is with this passage so i've just picked out a passage for you for first all from 1 john chapter 4 verse 7 to 21 you'll see this in your sheets and we're going to read through this so we're going to read it together And as we read it, once we finish reading it, then we're going to leave time in stillness. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. And what we're going to do is as we just again meditate, so we're going to churn over the words So as we just continue just to read over them. We're going to see if the Holy Spirit starts to pick out one or two words to begin with. So you, most of you will have a pen sitting. If you need a pen, there's loads more pens at the back. Guys in those white boxes sitting on top of the desk there. Uh, and if anyone needs it, stick your hand up and the guys will get you a pen. But we're going to be underlining uh, just some words if, if, if you want to do that. Just some words that we're picking out. And then what we do... And once we've reflected and we've meditated, we reread it again, right? We're going to go after it again. And so again, we slowly read it aloud. And this time what we do is, again, in terms of this meditation and contemplation, we're going to reflect. And again, we're going to have a prolonged period of silence. And this, if it's a few more words or if it's a sentence or a line, we're going to underline it. We're going to ask, begin to ask at this point, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me specifically through this passage? What is the main thing that you're speaking to me through this passage that I'm reading? And if we took time at the end to go through this, we're going to hear just some people shouting out as we go through this. But if we took time at the end, most people will probably have lots of different things to be saying. This is the beauty of these exercises. The Holy Spirit speaks to us all in, in different ways with us. So we're going to leave time to reflect. And then finally, this is really crucial, we respond. In this, these two, these are the two questions we're asking as we reflect. What is God saying? The respond part is, what am I going to do about it? There has to be a response. Otherwise, it's just not alive. There's going to be no fruit in what is happening in this. And so we're going to to take some time to do this. Again, if you need pens, the guys are here at the side. There's loads more at the back. We can do it. But I'm going to ask Caroline, would you come first? And uh, so as you follow along, Caroline's just going to simply read this passage to you. You can follow along with it. Uh, And then we're going to take just a moment, just in stillness and silence. I'll lead and direct us through as we go through this. But let's firstly, can we just pray? Let's just close our eyes before the Lord tonight. Father, thank you for what you've said in your word. All scripture is God-breathed. Father, thank you that this passage that we're about to read is God-breathed. Holy Spirit, thank you that your life is upon it. And right now we just pray for the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit to be released through the words that we're about to read. Come and speak. Come, Holy Spirit, move in power. Move in gentleness. Speak to us, your children, Father. We're listening we love you and we want to learn and we want to hear from you afresh. Come and speak to us, we pray. So let's just follow these words as Caroline reads it.
0: Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. we love because he first loved us whoever claims to love god yet hates a brother or sister is a liar for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have